How's it going, everyone? We've learned quite a bit this uh, this past, what, four or five days about a lot of stuff when it comes to uh, the soccer world uh, and soccer friendships. We have learned that the soccer community in America is a very close-knit community, uh, and they stick together when they feel like there's some sort of shady things going on. So that's one thing we've learned. Another thing is maybe that the LA Galaxy and City of Irvine uh, – are learning how to backtrack a little bit with some of the comments that they've made or some of the proposals that we've heard. We're going to talk about all that. Plus we're going to try and get into some real like on the pitch stuff. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the orange and black soccer cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County, and especially to our extended soccer friends and family across the U.S. and the world? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast that's dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm here to th take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And I'm going to get right into it. Typically, I go through the, the list of people that we have joining us, but I'm just going to bring them all on the screen. And we got a special guest that's joining us um, just recently, um, joining us uh, from the city council meeting in Irvine, where there was a great, great show of support from Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, fans, supporters, front office, uh, ownership, and even fans outside of the Orange County community. And that's uh, interim president of business operations at Orange County Soccer Club, Dan Rutstein? Steen. Rutstein. One of those two. Dan, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I told you I'd butcher it. No, you, you, uh, you're a man who fulfills their promises. You told me you butchered my name and you did. Uh, but it's still great to be here. You know, I, I try and do that. I try to at least uh, keep uh, up with what I promise. Uh, it's it's a known thing. I do this all the time. I, I did it with Oliver when we first had him on the show. Done it with quite a few guests. So I don't know. And I literally have it written down right in front of me as we're talking. Uh, but let's get into this. Uh, Dan, what was your thoughts on the turnout there at Irvine uh, City Council meeting uh, this evening from the uh, supporters and fans of Orange County? So, look, first of all, thank you very much for having me on here. And... Before I talk about tonight, can I just say something about the last five days? So, as you are more than aware, this has gone from flash to bang very quickly. And on Thursday morning, we found out that there was going to be a city council meeting Tuesday afternoon where they were going to talk about a number of options, including LA Galaxy having exclusive use of Championship Soccer Stadium. And in that last few days, there has been an incredible outpouring of support from you the orange county soccer fans particularly you guys the very dedicated ones who are at the core of this you know the work you've been doing is extraordinary on social media then obviously the broader orange county soccer community and then the broader soccer community from you know our traditional rivals of san diego and phoenix being very nice to us to lots of la lafc fans enjoying themselves around this and quite a lot of la galaxy fans expressing enormous solidarity with us as well as Detroit and Louisville and further afield. So it has, as you said in right up front in the intro, it's been a remarkable few days where the soccer community have come together because they don't like what they see. And we are as a club incredibly grateful for that. And then rolling in tonight, we have even more to be grateful for. So not always brilliant at uh, estimating crowds, but I'd be, I would say there was about 250 people there, majority of which were in the orange, as we requested, standing outside the council meeting with Gnarly taking photos, trumpets were being blown, and then we went in there and we waited an hour and a half, because that's how it worked, and they made us wait an hour and a half, and then 38 speakers in real life, five speakers on Zoom, 
went forth with a variety of messages expressing a love and passion for the club which made us all as workers at the club incredibly proud of our fans and grateful for the support it genuinely was an emotional moment for us as a club to see what this all means to you yeah no i feel like it was super amazing i'm gonna say this when we released that uh tweet sort of breaking this news to the public uh late or early friday afternoon uh i did not anticipate the volume of support and the reach that that message would have i was definitely shocked with the love that everyone was showing uh, and i think we've all seen that i i it, i think we're all going to be grateful for that and then even like you said tonight it was so great to see uh supporters of all ages all backgrounds uh sponsors uh young fans older fans uh scottish fans jumping up there i mean who uh, let me ask you dan were you did you think you'd hear a winston churchill quote this evening at the city council meeting well, look, you know, I thought my quoting of uh, former England football manager Bobby Robson was going to be the most extreme use of uh, quotes from outside America and outside American soccer. But obviously, I wasn't expecting the full no surrender from Winston Churchill. Um, but I mean, as you say, it was a diverse an audience as you could imagine in every sense, you know, ages, genders, um, everything. We were there showing the city council of irvine you know what orange county looks like as a club and what it means to everybody and it was uh, you know an, ex an extraordinary parade of voices being heard some people obviously very nervous public speaking is not easy speaking in a council chamber is something a lot of people would never do but they got up there and they plowed through and they told the council you know what they think and why it matters and nobody who was in that room tonight not any other fan, certainly not any of the people sitting on the other side of that, of the uh, of the stage, could be under any illusion what Orange County Soccer Club means to the people in that room and what that stadium means to you, the fans, you, the community. Yeah, and then at the end of the uh, of all the statements, and then the council was sort of wrapping things up. Uh, one of the council members, um, I want to say, I believe it's Council Member Larry Agron. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, was uh, asking for a statement from the city manager about sort of the, I guess, how it's going to proceed and what the procedures are going to be with this this whole uh, proposal on what to do with the stadium. There was an answer, uh, basically sounded like the manager was saying something like, you know, we're in communication with all parties. Um, you know, they've been very open uh, and uh, so forth and so on and, and discuss the different uh, proposals. Uh, I think they sort of skated around the LA Galaxy one as saying it was just calling it a professional team moving in, not quite saying LA Galaxy, although that was what was initially on the agenda. Uh, what was the response from you and, you know, just the fellow members of the club when you were hearing some of that? Because uh, from what I know, some of that is sort of a counter to what I'm hearing of, of how things have gone? So we were very grateful that one of the council members decided to ask the question because you know, his question was about transparency um, and what happens next. And obviously, you know, 250 people sat there for uh, whatever it was now, four hours, um, trying to find out what, what's going on. So I'm glad the question was asked. Uh, obviously, the city manager gave a response about there was discussion of letters and who's been talking to whom and, and so on. And I want to listen to that transcript again um, about exactly what was discussed. Um, but in terms of the process, and I think this is the important thing is, you know, what is the next step? It was a little bit unclear, you know, whether it will be a future council meeting or it will be done in a different version of correspondence. We're not sure. We, I want to listen to the transcript again. Obviously, it's a matter of public record and see what exactly was discussed. You know, for us, our position has not changed, which is our intention to have a discussion with the council around what our future at Championship Soccer Stadium looks like going into the future uh, and securing some kind of permanence for us there. Nothing has changed in that regard. They still haven't responded to the RFP. Uh, we are still waiting for the opportunity to discuss what's happening next. So whether, you know, this isn't necessarily about the Galaxy or other professional teams or any of that, 
you know, until we've had that conversation with the council, we don't know what's happening. And therefore, you know, we remain on red alert. Um, we're glad people came tonight. That was the call to action. There may well be other calls to action going forward. I'm not quite sure what they are at the moment. Maybe more correspondence we want to see from the city. We know that the number of letters written is way over 100 letters have already been submitted to the council and comments are being left and so on. So we're really grateful for that support. We will need more support inevitably going forward. I can't ask you today to give us that because I don't know what it is we're going to need. But we will try and let our fans know what we need from them because I know you want to know what you can do to help us in this ongoing challenge that we face. Yeah, let me uh, just throw really quick now to Brad. Brad has a quick question and then uh, we'll wrap things up with you, Dan. Yeah. Um, is there any dialogue that you can disclose? I know that this is a very sensitive and fresh uh, situation that we have going on here uh, between either the Galaxy to the team itself or the USL to the MLS that you guys can uh, kind of let us in on, or uh, are we going to keep uh, tight-lipped about that for good reason? Um, it's an entirely reasonable question that you would ask, um, and I host podcasts and I would ask a similar question. I think for now, respectfully, I'm not going to answer that question, not because I've got anything to hide or um, you know we're trying, to, we're trying to do anything that we don't want the fans to know about. We just need to fully understand what was said tonight. We need to fully understand what's going on. As you say, it's a delicate situation. Things are moving quite quickly. We just want to be careful about what we say and what we say other people are saying. So for now, I will say we haven't really got anything to say on that other than stay tuned and we will update you and inform you as we've tried to do over the last few days when we've got things to say. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus there, but I was just trying to give you a platform to use it. Uh, thank you for being super open to us and uh, continuing to do so with uh, us, the fans. No, and look, if I can, you know, I know you're about to move on to talk about on the field matters. And if I can say just a final thing, that when I took over as uh, president of the non-soccer side of the business 15 days ago, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that this would be what I would be spending my time on. I was thinking it would be more about making sure that enough people turned up to Gnarly's Carnival, that our fireworks night went as planned, and that we had the right into the season in terms of everyone turning up to the beer fest on uh, September the 10th. Obviously, things have been slightly different. I've spent my time doing media interviews, thanking people for their support, and obviously quoting Bobby Robson, at council meeting so it's been an unprecedented few few days um, but i just want you guys to know that we are incredibly grateful for your support in the last five days it was so heartwarming to see 250 people turn up for frankly a rather dull council meeting um, because council meetings are not meant to be exciting but people came they braved it and they spoke eloquently and passionately and we cannot thank you enough for what you're doing for us. And I know you will continue to do as we continue through this journey together. All right. Well, we thank you very much. And uh, we have on the screen right now, I know that you're driving, but uh, Russell wanted to give you a shout out. Um, so that you and the club did a good job today, that you deserve three fingers of the good stuff. Um, I'm assuming he's referring to Scotch because you have a uh, Scotch podcast. Uh, please let me know, if you do pour yourself the good stuff, what is the good stuff for you? <laughs> well, look, you know, thank you to Russell who appeared on Zoom and spoke very eloquently as we knew that he would on behalf of the club. Um, you know, Russell, like all of you hosts here today and many others are exactly the sort of facts that you don't realize that you have as a club until things like this happen and we're really grateful for your support i am going to go home um, i will be home in about 30 minutes and i'm going to put my kids to bed um, and i'm going to pour myself three maybe four fingers of a balvenie 21 and then i'm going to go to sleep and wake up tomorrow to fight another day in this battle to make sure that you, the soccer community of Orange County, can stay in that great stadium. Yeah, Brad's our resident whiskey, scotch drinker here, uh, bourbon drinker. He'll drink all that good stuff. So, uh, you, 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 if you could have seen his face when you mentioned your, your that drink is the good choice stuff. There, 
Uh, he was very, very excited about that. So, uh, uh, Dan, appreciate you taking some time on your drive home from the city council meeting to join us and talk to us. Uh, and best of luck to what the club's going going through and dealing with. And um, hopefully at some point here in the near future, we get some sort of a concrete resolution on all this. Yeah, thank you. And I say, I'd love to come back on in a few weeks time when actually all we're talking about is season ticket renewals and beer fests and gnarly merchandise and all that fun stuff that we should be thinking about as a front office and not about this fight that we're in because it will be over by then. That's my there you go. great hope. Yeah, that's definitely a great hope. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the interim uh, president of business operations for Orange County Soccer Club, Dan Rutstein. Rutstein, one of the two. Rutstein. Rut How, what? Give me the correct answer here, Dan. It is. Uh, this is your last chance. It's Rutstein. Rutstein. I am going to, I will torture myself all night to remember that. So next time we have you on, it will not be messed up, Dan. I appreciate your, your time joining us. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, gentlemen. And awesome. Thank you. Um, let me do this really quick. I'm going to move over to Taylor because Taylor, if you've noticed, she's not in her normal position in front of an alcohol cart with a, a sign that says something about eating food or something. I, I forget exactly the wording of the sign. Um, she actually is taking a little bit of time away from her family to jump on here really quick. She was at the city council meeting as well tonight. So I want to give her an opportunity to share her thoughts on how that went so I can let her, we can let her go and actually uh, get some quality family time. Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, it would be remiss to miss the opportunity to come on here, especially after tonight and the events of this whole week. Um, I have to, I had to come on like and it was not just an obligation that I've made, but like an obligation to the club. I feel like um, it was amazing to see so many people turn out uh, just to echo Dan, like everything that he, he said on here was like spot on. I mean, why would it not be? He's uh, interim president for a reason. Um, it was great. I, you know, I was a little nervous going up there. I don't tend to do public speaking like that. Um, I feel like it's a little easier doing a podcast with four people than in front of, you know, the city council and fans all behind. But I was, I'm pleased now after the fact that I went up and talked and um, a couple of people after, like with what I said, because um, I mentioned how OCSC are, you know, a very inclusive club and talked about like uh, being part of the LGBTQ plus community that I we always feel safe, supported and included there. And I know that in the past I've been um, a little bit, um, what's the word? Not so generous to OCSC with my, like they done good jobs here and there, especially with inclusion and, and, and for Pride Night. But the thing is my criticism is always constructive. I really feel like they really are an inclusive team. There's many teams that don't do anything or say anything. And everything that ever comes out negative towards OCSC, it's not really negative. It's just because I know they can and want to be better. Um, and you can just see that tonight. So right now I'm like outside of Chili's and I'm in my car in the parking lot. They have taken everyone out um, that hung around and went to the city council meeting. Uh, they're taking them all out to, um, to Chili's right now for appetizers and drinks. And I think that just kind of shows you like that it's not um, – it's not them just expecting you to do everything from them, but it really is a club. And look, look at that. We're supporting some more local Irvine businesses here, um, right here and putting money in the pockets of people working and living in Irvine. So I just wanted to jump on and, and say that I'm so grateful for the club. So grateful for everyone that turned out um, tonight and that it was a, it was a really fantastic um, experience. Although it's negative connotations with the situation we're in, it was still a great experience to see everybody there and kind of, kind of rally around it's a community. So thank you for letting me jump in real quick before moving on with the podcast. Um, I appreciate it. And I just want to point out for on the field stuff, I think Rakowski had an amazing game. Oh, you're on mute, Ray. Come on, Brad. I pull, I pulled a Brad there. Um, thank you. This is what I was going to say. Thank you, Taylor, for jumping on, taking some time away from the family uh, and the atmosphere going on there uh, with uh, the Chili's thing. Go, go enjoy yourself. Um, make sure you say hi to everyone for us. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Awesome. So let's, uh, swap out Taylor. We could bring someone else in here. We could bring uh, Dylan who, uh, is joining from some weird spot covering up the camera and everything. Um, we didn't even do an introduction everyone and see how everyone's doing. Cause we just jumped right into that. So we're not going to ask you for how you're doing Dylan. Um, Let's continue to talk about what happened uh, with the city council meeting and basically what's happened since uh, 
Uh, apparently Thursday, late Thursday is when the club found out. It was released sort of publicly by us a midday Friday and it blew up. Um, let me ask each and every one of you this question. So we'll go quickly around. Uh, Brad, uh, were you surprised or uh, is it what you expected as far as the support from around the soccer community that Orange County received? Um, I'm not surprised by the outreach from all across basically the whole country and world, uh, Australia, um, the United Kingdom, uh, fans in Tampa and Pittsburgh and Detroit and everywhere in between here and there, uh, all were loud and vocal, you know, some very, very gracious members of our community, um, have all been very vocal and I just want you guys all to know it from the bottom of mine. And I know a lot of other orange County fans hearts. Uh, we are very appreciative and had the tables been turned, we would have been supportive of your clubs too. Um, that's just kind of the amazing ability of our community to get together and rally behind this cause um, that the USL and local soccer means a lot to each one of us as an individual. As for the actual meeting itself, um, I was a little disappointed that the mayor or someone didn't make a comment. I know that their hands are probably tied behind their uh, back, but they spent, you know, an hour and a half just about listening to public comment of all these people who were very passionate about this issue, uh, talk about what the team means to them, what it means to the community. And I hope at the end of the day that they see that not only is Orange County good for the community, um, but the community is good for Orange County too, that uh, they are getting back what they put in uh, as a team and from an actual standpoint of, you know, look at the sponsors and what they're saying about this team and look at the team and its charitable donations. It's a back and forth mutual um, benefit across the board. Soccer can build a community and that's what orange county is trying its best to do let me go on to you alan what were your thoughts uh on uh basically everything there i mean i wasn't particularly surprised i was surprised at how quickly uh the word spread and how vocal people were on the interwebs about it um i, I think it also just reminds you that you're building your local community but you're also part of something something bigger like a network of people who deep down really want teams to be successful and they want soccer to grow in the United States. And, you know, it, it, the funniest parts were getting, you know, love messages with like little twinges of like sass and like a little bit of banter in there. Like they couldn't help themselves like, Oh, orange County ball with a little bit of sass. Um, so it's, it was, uh, it was interesting to, to see like Phoenix fans coming up, San Diego fans coming up uh, and, and, and really being vocal. Um, I know people submitted uh, written comments. Like I know that's what I did. Um, I felt that, you know, maybe showing up to a meeting or, or being vocal might not be my place um, to, to speak in person. Uh, plus I was uh, unavailable to make it out there by four, which is a little bit unfortunate. But I think a lot of people you see on Twitter even were like people in Florida were tuning into a Irvine City Council meeting. And I think it just speaks to the community that you build, the friendships that you build through the, the, the soccer community. Um, and it just reminds you, like, when things are bad, there's people out there to help pick you up in places that you don't we wouldn't normally look. Um, and there is this sort of solidarity because we've seen teams fold. We've seen teams get run out of town and usl is not perfect in this either you talk about chattanooga um but you know you call it out when you see it right if it's usl you you call them shady when it's mls you call them double shady um so i i think it it was it was really cool to see kind of that really quick everyone everyone pick, taking their pitchforks and torches and and going into battle because it could happen to your team just as easily as it's happening to Orange County right now. Dylan, I'll jump over to you. Uh, thoughts on the the response from the soccer community, and are, were you at all surprised by the response from Galaxy fans when they were sort of in solidarity with Orange County and in, in having or leaving the stadium alone? 
I, I was surprised. I, I feel like Orange County is the redheaded stepchild, maybe, of kind of the OG USL teams. Um, like if you mentioned Charleston Battery, you've got like this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling in your in your chest. And they've mentioned like Orange County. You're like, why do they exist? And, and for a long time, I think the USL was like, why do they exist? Like, get out of here. You know, they're having to fly to like Puerto Rico and then having to fly to Ohio to play their games. And everyone else is is uh, on the other side of the country. Um, never mind that we're champions, right? We've had so many complaints about what the league's done, but to see fans that normally just endlessly criticize our club for being horrible uh, in every regard, on the field, off the field, it was it was a surprise to me. Um, so maybe I'm a little more jaded or uh, definitely a little more pessimistic than everyone else on the show, but that was that was special. And the Galaxy fans that recognize that what their uh their club or what their franchise is doing is is not great um i have respect for that because if you can't call out your family and and your club for doing something bad then i mean are you much of a fan uh and then the ones who think that we should take it because um a particular owner had a had a little note about how lafc has be usurped the galaxy and and said, all right, screw them, wipe them off the face of the planet because uh, only we can talk about our own club. I mean, I hope the galaxy are just mediocre forever. Um, but oh well, that's that's the pettiness in me. We we have it all. Even even Loudon came through and and whooped up on Los Dos. Yeah, so. everyone hates the two team. Um, I hope they get shelled fifteen uh, nil from here on out or like they have like a nice nine mil. I think that was a Reno game actually that they lost like that. And I think one to Phoenix a couple years ago, like that as well. I might've been nine to two or something. And I hope it's like that for the rest of the galaxy's existence at this point. And I hope uh, AEG goes broke. Um, let me, let me just say this, right? All the fan support from all across the soccer world was amazing. It truly is amazing on how everyone stepped up. Again, it was mentioned at the council meeting. Uh, some of the people that spoken, even I think with us right here, you know, Phoenix fans. I mean, that's like, I think the biggest rivalry between the two clubs, like the, the fans like to sort of talk trash against each other. Um, and, uh, you know, you have a lot of Phoenix fans that really don't like orange County fans or think that we're, uh, maybe bratty or, or whatnot. Right. And, yeah, they made it in their comments. Yeah, we don't really like Orange County uh, uh, fans, and we don't really like Orange County. But in this situation, we're going to stand next to to the, this this hated team of ours because we realize the injustice here, and that's the amazing thing. The San Diego fans, all the 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 stuff Dan, you know, is on top of all this too. He was paying attention to everything that everyone's saying and where this is all coming from. Um, appreciate the fact that a lot of these fans were paying attention to an Irvine City Council meeting. They were actually watching actively watching a meeting um and i i can't make any claims but i want to guarantee you this may have been probably the most watched irvine city council meeting uh, in history if you think about like where this was all coming from i have to give a special props to uh soccer mom out in phoenix uh you know she did not only just watch that that city council meeting she raised her hand to speak on the zoom call uh, and she wrapped things up. She was the last speaker of the night, which was pretty amazing. When I heard the uh, the clerk reading out the names of who was speaking next, they were doing on the Zoom call, just the next, you know, one person and who's next. And I heard her name. I'm like, I, I go up to Chad at the club. I go up to Andy, who was there. Um, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's soccer mom. She's going to make a statement. You know, it, it's really cool to know that you can make that much of an impact and you have that much support from people uh, across the soccer community because uh, – Again, we're we're enemies on the on the field on the pitch, but um, off the pitch, we'll go get a drink together. We'll we'll you know enjoy life hand in, you know hand in hand and um, drink beers and and you know and, and leave our phones and the back seats of cars and almost miss our flights. Yes, yes. I mean that's how Brad became a friend of ours, right? Um, <laughs> sort of how Alan more... became a fan a friend of ours, also, right? I mean he was sort of an Orange County fan at that point, but if it wasn't for the the soccer community and he's joining on like the USL show, we would have never really known who Alan was. Um, and he might not have ever been a part of us. So, I mean, this whole soccer community is such a great community. And when you see things like this happening, 
um, it's awesome to see that there's some support here. Um, we know basically from what we're hearing from the club and even just sort of hearing the closing statements from the city manager there about what's going to proceed next. Um, this is probably not completely over. Um, there's still the agenda or what the city manager was saying. There was, you know, the, the, the three proposals that we're all now aware of, right, is staying status quo and keeping Orange County as sort of the main tenant and using the stadium as it's been used over the last few years. Um, the, the, the sort of difference from the city manager at this meeting was, um, you know, finding a pro team to take exclusive use of the stadium. Um, I, I guess omitting the LA galaxy name on there, um, or turning it into more community based field, putting artificial turf on the pitch, um, and probably opening it up to more community based activities. Cause um, I, I think the assumption is that none of the pro teams will want to play uh, full-time on the artificial turf. Um, so those are sort of the proposals we have going on right now. Uh, let's talk really quick. We, we haven't even gotten into the pitch soccer. We're going to get into that in just a moment, but I want to ask you all um, your thoughts on the backtracking or the um, sort of changing the storyline from both the city council and from LA galaxy, right? Because uh, city council's side of the story is, uh, they want to use more or have more community use for the stadium. Um, LA Galaxy is saying we never wanted exclusive uh, use of the stadium. We're looking, we're actively talking to everyone to try and, um, you know, come to an agreement uh, and all that. And I can tell you right now, just from what I know, I don't think um, those are both accurate stories. So I think even the city is saying, you know, we've been talking to everyone. Everyone's aware with what's going on. So um, thoughts really quick on all that before we actually go to pitch soccer. I think it's disingenuous from LA galaxy uh, being a uh, San Diego sports fan and watching what happened both with the chargers and then with SDSU and soccer city when they were trying to get an MLS bid in San Diego, uh, both instances, a team, or groups of people said, oh, yeah, we've, we're have we going to work together to f solve this. And then they go, well, we tried working together, and we just couldn't come to a consensus. Um, and the team, the, the people with kind of the more money and more backing ended up winning out in both instances with the Chargers going to L.A. Uh, and SDSU uh, taking control of Mission Valley. Um, I'm not going to comment on uh, the pluses and minuses of, of that. Um, but I, I do think it's a little bit disingenuous from LA Galaxy because uh, they can say we'll talk to people and work together, but I, I don't really see I don't really see them being that sincere. It's going to con take continued pressure from the Orange County community, uh, the Orange uh, the Orange County Soccer Club community, and the USL community in general. Uh, I thought the the Jake Edwards quote was pretty telling in I think it was Alicia's piece about, you know, the, the league is supporting Orange County and, and providing them with resources and guidance. Um, and, you know, I also have a slight distrust of city governments. Uh, you, you have to hold them accountable. You have to pay attention because things get passed when you aren't paying attention. Uh, so, this is still very much up in the air. It's still very much a, a, a battle to fight. Um, no one's won yet, so there's still hope. Um, but, you know, this is the discussion we're having at the game on Saturday in San Diego was this could happen to anybody. Um, so I, I think I, I think it's important for soccer fans to keep paying attention to this, uh, for us to keep highlighting this, um, and to make sure... Um, that we continue to push back against the city of Irvine to make the, the right decision here. Um, and Mikey, thank you very much for that compliment. I guess I'll go ahead next. Uh, I guess this is LA galaxy getting their hands caught in the cookie jar or really uh, what I would assume being MLS as a whole entity um, kind of getting caught looking at, the floor plans of how they can attack other USL clubs. Um, because at the beginning, MLS said that this new MLS next pro is not competition, but you know, you can call a spade a spade uh, each individual market that they've been targeting um, between uh, Huntsville, Alabama, Orange County and other future uh, clubs, both existing and prospective um, are all 
markets that MLS Next Pro and MLS as an entity can target in the future. Um, so it's just interesting seeing uh, how the community has dealt with so far um, with LA Galaxy getting caught, you know, with their hand in the jar. Um, however, this is just the beginning. We will definitely be talking about this for weeks to come, probably months to come, and it'll probably pop back up towards the end of the season when uh, November rolls around and this uh, deal with the city gets updated. But this is something that you guys need to keep your eyes on. You need to keep LA Galaxy and Orange uh, Orange County uh, Soccer Club. You need to make sure that everyone is uh, on top of their game here and keep the uh, representatives of Irvine uh, the city of Irvine accountable here. Uh, this is just the beginning. It's not even close to being over. And yeah. Dylan thoughts. There's nothing I can really add that wouldn't have already been said. There we go. Um, let's now move on to the results on the pitch. Um, this past weekend, Orange County hosting Colorado Springs, I think up. 3-1 and maybe like the 80th minute or somewhere around there. And in the final stages of the match, give up not one, but two goals. Although the, the second goal they gave up there, the one in extra time, the uh, penalty kick maybe was a uh, bad call from the ref. Um, thoughts on that, Alan? Let me ask you this. Was that, was that final penalty uh, an accurate call? <sighs> I hated both. I hated both handball calls in this game, to be honest. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this like accidental handball from a defender who is clearly not trying to make his hand bigger or arm bigger. Like defenders have arms. They have to go somewhere. Um, I, I thought the one against Colorado was a little bit unfortunate because it's, it's arms up and the ball bounces off of his arm. Yeah. He makes like a movement um, which gets him in trouble. Um, I would say the same thing about the orange County handball as well is, he's kind of jumping to the side and his hands come up and it looks like there's the deflection. And because his hands come up, the official is probably going to make that call. I didn't like either of them. I didn't feel great about either of them because it's it, neither of the players are really attempting to handle the ball in any way um, or make themselves unnecessarily bigger to block a shot with your arm um, or even play the ball with your arm. Um, that was a tough one. I thought that was pretty unfortunate. I think if that happens for your team, you're like, yeah, that's a handball. And if it happens against your team, you're like, no way is that a handball. And the neutrals are going. Ugh. And so I think that is the sign that it's probably not a handball. Um, but it, I mean, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough decision for the referee to make. Um, it's also, uh, you know, you're up three to one. So like, the, the handball, yeah, is the one that gives up the win, but you also let them get to three to two first to even open up that door. But I thought, I think it was pretty unfortunate. It was nice for Orange County to rally, but it was a little unfortunate way to, to end the game. Um, and Orange County can add their name to the list of uh, questionable officiating calls at the end of games to give penalty kicks to drop points. Um, so yeah, feel free to be mad. I would probably be pretty livid too and would have gone on a Twitter tirade and then the next day I've been like, my bad. Well, and the, the, the hard part about it, right, if I'm recalling correctly, is that whole run-up to that penalty late in the match there was off of the great save that Patrick Kukowski made and I think he knocked it out for a corner and then that corner led to the run of play that got to that, uh, that kick that hit uh, Ian Hoffman I guess if he moves his arms, it hits him in the chest. So maybe, maybe what we're learning here is Hoffman should have had his arms out and then it would have hit his chest and not his arms. And then it wouldn't be a penalty. Right. I mean, like well, I said, where is he supposed to put his arms? Well, if you watch the Leo game, if it hits him in the chest, you might get a, a red card anyway. So I, okay. I, I do think the motion really kind of confuses the ref, but I, I think wow. you're right. It is, <laughs> it is a pretty unfortunate call. And, and it sucks because it looked like that Rakowski save is going to be like the game-winning save right there. He saves the uh, an amazing, I believe it was a free kick um, from outside the box. And I know we, I was up in the press box and we were sort of talking about like that's a little bit far out for a for a a, a shot on goal, but 
lo and behold, it was a shot on goal. Rakowski makes a great save. Uh, and then the penalty is given up. Um, based off the rules of the game, Dylan, it, is that supposed to be a handball? I thought the handball rules were sort of changed where if it's in sort of a natural position for your movement, uh, you can't really be penalized for your hands touching the ball. Or, or am I mistaking what the rules are? Well, I'm, I'm sure Russ will, will chime in in the comments with the actual law of the game specifically. But um, look, the one that we got shouldn't have been a pen because he had no time to react. So it's it's kind of only fair. It's just another defensive collapse in the last 10 minutes. Um, it sucks because it, you know, it's right at the end, right at the death that they get this pen. But you can't say it wasn't deserved because, to be completely honest, if we don't get that penalty in the first half, we sink without a sight. There's no way we come back out for the second half with anything. So, I mean, like a, a chaotic Tommy dive to score and an absolute worldie from Dylan Powers to get up to 3-1. Like, eh, I, I don't know if those two things happen without the gift. And, and it was a gift, and it was said 300 times on... Um, the, the commentary that it was a gift. I don't know, man. It's it's not great, but I I, I always feel for players when the ball's kicked into their hand from a foot away, uh, or when they're trying to cover their face because that's a natural instinct that it hits. I, I feel I feel for that, but it, hey, at least it was consistent. That's not <laughs> something we normally get. That is true. That is very true. Um, I will say this. Uh, GM Oliver Vies was not too pleased with the refs at the end of the match. Um, I was heading down there uh, to speak to a few players after the match, and he was just standing right at the the, the sideline waiting for the refs to make their way so he could share um, his thoughts with the refs on that. Um, I did uh, get a quick shot from the ESPN Plus stream of the exact moment the ball hits Hoffman. Um, I did show it to Oliver. I showed it to uh, Coach Richard Chaplow. Um, and a few other of the front of office staff uh, right at the end of the game. So you knew that there was um, uh, some frustration there. Uh, I, I always look at it as sort of that that whole uh, thing you see like in the NBA, right? In the final like seconds of a, a game, you sort of swallow your whistle unless it's an obvious blatant uh, foul of some sort. And again, player has his hand sort of up to his chest. Maybe one of them is slightly off to the side. I don't see how that should be called um, at all in the closing moments of a game. I know some people are going to argue with me. Well, if you call it during the game, you should call it in the closing moments of the game. But man, it's t- a, a tough pill to swallow the, uh, there. Brad, your thoughts before we uh, move on. I can't comment anything more. You already know my history with disagreeing with uh, referee decisions in this. And to be honest, I don't have an opinion on this one. I wasn't there and... The camera angle sucks. It's not uh, parallel to the uh, player. It just shows him in front. So I feel for the player. I don't know what the correct call is because I don't see it properly. Let me let me also make one more statement about the re- the, the the official in this match. Um, there were a couple of questionable offside calls for Orange County uh, in that second half, and. Uh, I know Dylan and Alan are aware of this. Whenever I'm at an Orange County game in the press box, I tend to pull up ESPN Plus or Hulu uh, with ESPN Plus and have that playing. So that way, if I see something that looks weird, you know, a minute later, I can look on the stream and see what's happening. And on both of those instances, when the offside was called, I went and rewound it back and I I did the whole pause it right when that kick goes. And in both of those instances, it clearly looks like Orange County is onside uh, for both of those instances. So there's opportunities there. Both of those would have been probably one-on-one with the goalkeeper moments if uh, the play is allowed to continue with the with the way things ran up. So um, I get it. We don't have VAR in the USL, um, and these types of things happen all the time. But it's really hard um, to see uh, when those types of things happen. And it's things where I was even watching live. I'm like, that didn't look offside to me um, when it happened. So to, to prove it on the, the stream is... Uh, frustrating as a fan. Um, any positives we could take out of this match for Orange County? Um, looking ahead to their next match, which is this Friday against um, our frenemies in uh, from Phoenix. Um, Alan. I mean, you scored three goals, and for a large majority of the game, you kept the Colorado Springs team to one goal. 
So I think there's some positives. It's just trying to stretch that out over 90 minutes. Um, you're getting some secondary scoring from guys who aren't Milanoloski, which is also very positive uh, and, and really well-worked goals too. Uh, it's not just like flute goals or ball, balls that are bouncing around in, in chaos. And even if they are, they're putting really good strikes on them. Uh, so there's, a, I do think there's a lot of positivity here. There's a lot of momentum to build off of this. Um, because it is, I mean, it is Colorado Springs at home, um, which Colorado Springs for a while was one of the best, one of the better away teams in the Western Conference. They're still, I think, second or third. Um, so there are a lot of positives to build from this in, in moments. You just got to piece those things together and see out the full 90. Um, one thing I'll say um, with this upcoming match is, uh, speaking of Coach Richard Chappell after the Colorado Springs match, um, he's hopeful that Milan Oloski is back for the Phoenix match. So maybe, I don't know if that uh, changes your thoughts on um, positives for this upcoming match, Dylan. I mean... Yeah, the Phoenix has shown they cannot defend. So, you know, if you've got a guy who's in the golden boot conversation and he can play, hopefully you play him and hopefully you shock him. And in a battle of two really, really bad defenses, hopefully our offense is better. Um, but who knows? <laughs> we'll have no clue until uh, until Saturday. Brad, thoughts? About the upcoming game, yeah, just like any positives coming from Colorado Springs to to the Phoenix match. If Milan Oloski's back, um, I like our scoring chances. Although it was very nice seeing uh, everyone who did score this past week score. Um, in regards to Phoenix's form right now, they had uh, since mid July they've had three zero zero draws, a four zero win, and another zero zero draw. Um, so their defense has been doing better, but their offense has not caught up to the Phoenix of old. So it'll be interesting to see what Phoenix shows up on a Friday night in Orange County because we all know what Phoenix fans like to say about their Friday night beer activities. There we go. Um, so Phoenix coming into town. Uh, I'm sure the Orange County fans are going to show some love to these Phoenix fans before the match, but obviously once the match kicks off, um, you're now enemies on the pitch. Um, what, uh, what are our thoughts? Can Orange County pull this victory off uh, against Phoenix? Alan. Um, I think I had this as a draw on the USL show today um, because I do think it's Phoenix is, is playing decently well on the back end um, and, but is not doing well on the front end. Um, so I, I think this is probably like a, a one, one. Um, let me, I, yeah. Let me ask you on that prediction. Then is a draw more of a victory for orange County or Phoenix? I mean, based on the standings, probably more of a victory for OC than Phoenix because Phoenix is trying to find their way back into a playoff match and a a draw against OC is probably not going to help them a lot. Um, I I can see OC winning this one. There is a a path forward for Orange County to win. They can score goals. um, And Phoenix just can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net so i can see a path forward for a win but um i'm gonna go with the draw dylan uh, is this my match prediction or whether or not a draw is worse for orange county or uh things? just what do you what do you think the how's this match gonna go alan did bring up that phoenix has four straight shoutouts i think it's actually five but four of those were nil-nil draws. So, I, uh, all right, yeah, it's technically a shutout, but it certainly wasn't uh, the result they needed or, or hoped for. Um, I just, I feel like much like the San Diego match, like there's this tension and there's this rivalry to it, and it results in both teams just kind of like throwing caution into the wind. And it comes down to who can put the ball in the back of the net in a chaotic moment. Do you have a Tommy McCabe like throwing himself at the back post and it works out? Sure. Um, 
probably not a Dylan Powers or an Aiden Quinn like banger from from 25, 30 yards out. It's it's going to be something chaotic, and it's probably going to come down to the last ten minutes, all a normal Orange County Phoenix or a normal Orange County San Diego match. And do you have a prediction? Uh, I think Alan already put it in the chat. We'll just go with um, we'll go with three three here. All right. So some goals from Dylan, uh, Brad, your thoughts, uh, on this and what's your prediction? Yeah. I mean, both Alan and Dylan both do a good job of, uh, explaining, uh, how orange County has been recently. Uh, it's going to be one of those games where I think a draw helps neither team. Both teams are on the outside looking in, uh, orange County much more so than Phoenix right now. Um, and, Orange County is a good enough team to score goals, but the common thread has been dropping points in the last 10, 15 minutes of games and just allowing these silly late goals. And I think I want to bet against it, but I think the trend continues and I'll split the difference between our two other experts and go 2-2. Awesome. Um, Got to go with my prediction. Got to go with my normal prediction in hopes of getting some points for Orange County. Um, Dylan, you, you love it so much. I'm going to let you give my prediction. I believe that would be a 5-0 Phoenix victory. There we go. Uh, that is my prediction for this match. Hopefully it results in some good karma for Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, and hopefully uh, we can, uh, on the pitch, take our enemies down, but uh, buy them a beer or something um, as friends in and I do know, I, I believe, uh, in chatting with Soccer Mom on Twitter, she is going to be at the game this uh, Friday. So if you do see her, um, say hello. Buy her a drink of, of any sort. I don't know if she drinks one thing or another, but say hi. Um, let's do this. Real quickly, before we do move on, Ray, um, I just want to do a stat check for you. In your prior three zero to five predictions so far in this tournament you have netted orange county two points two draws one loss hey you know what though two draws one loss is probably better than what orange county's averaging uh over a three-game stretch throughout the season i don't know maybe i don't have it in front of me so i don't really know um let's get into other soccer news anyone have any other soccer news to share uh, congratulations to Ventura City, I think, for winning USL League Two. Uh, there we go. Simple and sweet from Alan. We love it. I'll throw one on there. Congratulations uh, to Tottenham for being top of the table after one week in the uh, Premier League. I love when Tottenham. I love when Tottenham wins early season. Same thing with Man. When Man U wins the title in in, in October, it's my favorite. Ray, do you want to go ahead and tell us about how your kid's doing at the same time? We can just get it all oh, out of the way. If you want to do it, yeah, no, we, we, uh, without any real practices this season, we played a first scrimmage game this weekend, this Saturday, uh, and the team won 4-2. So off to a good start to, to kick off the preseason. We're going to be uh, doing some practicing, maybe get one more friendly in before we play in the Laguna Classic tournament on Labor Day weekend. Uh, so that'll be, and then, and then our season starts the next weekend. So I think it's like September 10th or something like that is when the season starts. So we're just around the corner about a month to go. For our maybe Rangers, not closely following friends that I, I would fall under that one. Um, I believe they came back, uh, and their little champions league qualifier today to win three, two, uh, with the, I believe winning goal scored by an American on loan from Bayern. So that's kind of cool. Congrats to them. It's it's nice to have something to pretend that we're remotely um, attached to to celebrate uh, multiple goals scored and a victory. It's the kind go. of year we're having, I guess. <laughs> uh, Brad, any any soccer stuff from you, or it's time to go to random thoughts. Random thoughts time. Ran, random thought time. Brad, you kick it off. All right. Um, first of all, I have two. Um, Alan and I are both wearing some very nice baseball hats and that's about as random as it gets. Um, But no, in all seriousness, just to circle back to where we started the podcast today um, to all those people, individual news outlets, you know, three honest lads, USL show, um, 
the USL uh, All Access, the Striker, Sports Business Journal, Angels on Parade, LA Times, all these uh, different um, journals and news uh, reports that are covering the issue here. Uh, you guys are echoing and amplifying the important news that we are covering here to a whole new level. And we respect you guys for that so much, bringing in, uh, you know, readers and listeners and everything to this issue. Uh, it's definitely helped out in getting the word out there and uh, helping back off uh, LA Galaxy 2 and everything going on. And just to every individual listener and reader of all these uh, different publications thank you guys so much for really paying attention uh to the issue at hand here i speak on behalf of everyone here that it's important and uh we love seeing local soccer grow and continue to flourish in our communities alan your turn um i just want to highlight uh that there was a story about a month ago that keeps being uh updated that uh there was a uh, animal testing facility and the Humane Society in the United States of America is re uh, rehoming 4,000 beagles all over the United States. These beagles have been uh, bred and tested uh, and they're being shipped all over the United States for people to adopt. Uh, and so if just a reminder, if you're looking for a dog, uh, Check out an animal shelter first. You hear th- three lovely animal shelter mutts barking on the podcast from time to time. Um, so check it out. These play, uh, these animals need their forever homes. Uh, and I believe some of these beagles are making their way uh, to California, I think in Chino Hills, and then I think one place down here in San Diego. Uh, so find a shelter, uh, find a no-kill shelter, and uh, go adopt a dog. Dylan. Um, happy 74th birthday to Smokey the Bear today. And just a friendly reminder, before the whole state catches fire this fall, only you can prevent wildfires. So um, maybe just skip out on the whole gender reveal party because no one really cares. The second greatest Smokey of all time. Who's, does anyone know who the band Robin's the reference? Yeah, I, I, I would go with Alan's answer. Nice. I respect that. All right. Um, I got I got to go back to to Brad's comment. Just sort of uh, jump on that. Is uh, again, thanks for all the uh, support and love out there uh, from everyone. I know uh, a bunch of you were sharing what we tweeted out, and there's a bunch of new followers that have uh, decided to follow us on social media. Um, I guess to continue hearing the story. So we'll definitely try to update you as best as possible. Um, appreciate all the people that listen to the podcast. Um, I know people like uh, Taylor and Andy tonight, they were at city council for four plus hours at the city council meeting um, and rushed to their various locations to at least jump on and participate on this podcast. Um, same with Zan. Um, props to all the fans who hung out at city council for uh, four plus hours or for those that watched on <laughs> Uh, zoom for four plus hours uh rumors are that their closed session was the longest ever and it was two items on the agenda for their closed session i believe it was slightly under two hours that they were behind closed doors for that um so i was sort of if you followed on twitter i was the one running the podcast twitter i was joking that they uh went out to go grab a bite to eat and their uber was running late or got lost so um but you know it was it was a great experience uh and I want to say a good 95% of those fans lasted that whole time. They didn't leave because of uh, the potential stalling tactics from the city council. Um, so hopefully we uh, get more information on what's proceeding. Hopefully there's more transparency. Um, that's what the city likes to say. They have their transparency portal. So hopefully we get more of that um, and we can get a resolution to all this. So that way uh, fans in Orange County Uh, have a better idea of what's happening for the near future for their club. Um, That's going to wrap things up for this episode. Uh, As always, I want to thank all of my co-hosts here, Dylan, Alan, Brad, Taylor, who jumped on earlier, our producer, Andy. also want to thank our guest from Orange County SC, uh, interim president of business operations, Dan Rutstein. 
I got it right this time. You were waiting. Well, I messed it up. I put a, a TH there, but Rutstein um, for taking some time to join us on his drive home from the city council meeting. Um, thanks to everyone. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh!